Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thursday, July 29th, here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Robin Leonio, your host, joined by Carl Pavlik of FiveForHowling.com, as we pretty much are going to be talking to you guys, recapping day one of the opening of free agency. The Arizona Coyotes were active, not just really with the free agent market, but they were active all over the place. Bill Armstrong made a lot of moves, some pretty notable ones that we absolutely have to talk about. Um, before we get to that, let me just uh, go ahead and just check in with Carl. Uh, just overall, how was uh, how were the last couple of days for you? Uh, how did uh, free agency hit you? Uh, I've been good. Free agency was definitely... Crazy. I did not expect there to be this much action early on, uh, especially with, you know, the Oliver Ekman-Larsen, Connor Garland trade. Like, that's a major trade. And you're like, oh, is it going to sail down for a bit? When's that Kemper trade going to happen? Which we'll touch on. uh, And it happened a lot sooner than I thought, to be honest. It, in in a, in a way, I guess to me, I think there's a lot of a lot of these moves I knew were going to happen eventually, and I knew they and I knew they wanted to happen that uh, wanted to happen f- somewhat fast because the uh, the value was going to be high at a certain point depending on how the free agency went down, how the draft went down, everything like that. So, if Bill Armstrong was going to make a move to focus on the rebuild. He had to find the perfect time to do it, to make all these moves. And obviously, you know, the whole Connor Garland one and all the Reckman Lawson one where, you know, that was a perfect example, like finding perfect time to do it right before the draft to get that ninth overall and eventually drafting Dylan Gunther. Um, and then just things keep falling into place. I talked with Craig Morgan. I just hope you guys enjoyed that conversation uh, earlier this week. Uh, we talked a lot of other things that Bill Armstrong's not done. That, as you mentioned, that Darcy Kemper was still going to be moved. Phil Kessel's still named that still wants out because obviously he doesn't but want to be part of a rebuilding team. Uh, and just in general, a lot of players going to be on the move. Christian Dvorak is a name that's still on there. Um, but with that said, let's go ahead and start uh, by talking about the biggest thing that happened on the first day of free agency opening in the NHL for at least the Arizona Coyotes side of things is that Darcy Kemper trade. Uh, they have traded their goaltender Darcy Kemper over to the Colorado Avalanche in return for a uh, first round in the 2022 draft, as well as uh, for defenseman Connor Timmons and a conditional pick in the, uh, I believe it's what, a third round in 2024? Um, I believe so. It may be 2023. 
2024. That's what it is. Oh. Um, yeah, it is 2024. Um, and that pick for you guys just to uh, know why it's conditional is Arizona will not get awarded that pick unless the Colorado Avalanche wins the 2022 Stanley Cup with Darcy Kemper playing at least 50% of those playoff games. Um, So that is your deal. Darcy Kemper over to Colorado for Connor Timmons, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2024 conditional third-round pick. Carl, your initial thoughts on this trade? I mean, initially, I thought it was a really good deal. And then when we found out about the conditions, I was like, huh, it makes it hard to root against the Avalanche this upcoming season. Um, I... It seemed like the move that was going to happen. Um, once Connor Garland and OEL were traded, it's like, okay, this team is going full rebuild, strip it down. Uh, Kemper is one of the pieces that's going to get moved because that just makes sense in a rebuild. There's no reason to keep around your goalie in the last year of a really good contract. Get him out of there, get assets. Um, getting a first round pick in the 2022 draft is great. Goaltenders do not normally get that. Um, and the 2022 draft, as I'm sure everyone is tired of hearing about by now is supposed to be just absolutely stacked. So it's, it's disgusting how stacked it's going to be like, yeah, like even let's say the Colorado Avalanche, they don't finish and they don't win the cup, but they finish in, you know, bottom six, then we could potentially be looking at like two phenomenal picks uh, coming up. And that could hopefully like absolutely jumpstart this rebuild and get things done properly. And I think that's the thing too. Everyone's looking on the surface and obviously as, as, as it should, it should be at least at this point of the moves that Bill Armstrong is making to start to add, to kind of uh, look back at the conversation I had of Craig Morgan to set up the rebuild. Obviously right now it's going to be that down period where it's essentially just lose, have a team that's probably going to lose and lose a lot. And, uh, you know, to get those draft picks and, Right now, at this at this time, now two first round draft picks in twenty twenty two, as well as five second round picks. Which, if you also heard that conversation, Craig Morgan says they're probably not going to keep all five of those second round picks. Maybe use a couple of those to package back into a first. This could very well happen. Yeah, like the draft being stacked, it's good in that it really raises the value of those second round picks. They're worth a lot more than they would be for a like relatively shallow draft. So you could do a lot with two of them uh, or with five second round picks. You can maybe turn it into three first round picks, which would be just absolutely insane. But you are absolutely right. There's going to be a lot of pain uh, in the next two seasons at least as we just go down and down. Uh, I've started posting a gif of Bart Simpson in a tank singing, uh, thinking about tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. And it's like, yep, nope, that's what you're doing. You're tanking to think about tomorrow. Definitely tanking to thinking about tomorrow. Um, the Arizona Coyote is very much likely going to try to, uh, I mean, obviously, um, as 
many would say is that, you know, they won't admit it that they're trying to lose. No team wants to admit that they're trying to lose. But, I mean, when you're going to a draft year like next year's draft and how deep it is, like we're just saying, with a chance to potentially pick Shane Wright, a next generational talent, a lot of you guys have been seeing my my hashtag shame for Shane. Like, come on. Like, this is this is where things are right now. If you, if the Arizona the Coyotes can get their chance to draft Shane Wright, like this, that is a is a player that will can easily set up the future of the franchise, the Coyotes. Yeah, it it is, you know, something that the team like. I wish we weren't at this point. I, I really do. I wish we had been just like better, um, but we're not, and I accept that. And this is the kind of situation that is ideal to be bad at this time of year um, in this kind of cycle of where we're at in terms of drafts. Uh, it's kind of like the last time this happened, only uh, potentially we could get our first overall. It would be a first time in the Coyotes history that they've drafted number one overall. Um, and, you know, it seems like that's the ideal situation at this point. Which it seems like it'd probably be end, end up being the Coyotes or Buffalo based off how things are looking. Um, Buffalo, if they do, that'd be which that would be their last chance to um, to win first in quite a long time if they do get that. But the rules are funny this for, for the for the lottery now. Uh, I do like how it's all come down to Arizona and Buffalo again. Like, I know it's just like it's like I feel like it's just like up and down two the same two teams. But eh, you know, welcome welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, I will say this, though, about uh, the difference between the Coyotes and the Sabres. Uh, the Coyotes didn't get a number one overall pick, and they didn't get a number two overall pick. Uh, best we got was number three, and then a bunch of later ones. So it's less defensible that they're going through this again. Yeah, uh, that's that's true. Especially because I mean, and look at it this way too: is the Coyotes are uh, under a new regime, new head coach, new general manager. General, this general manager, Bill Armstrong, is yeah, you know, he's he's the one setting everything up. He's taking care of everything, uh, unloading all the contracts or most of the contracts that were set forth by uh, by John Shika. And well, we're now in the new the new era at least temporarily, which is a down couple years for the Arizona Coyotes, but that's what we, that's what we expected. Yeah. And, and going back to what this topic was about, uh, a big thing that's going to help the Coyotes go down uh, the next couple of years is no Darcy Kemper. Um, yeah, because Darcy Kemper was going to win you games. Yeah. Darcy Kemper would absolutely drag a team who should not be there. Like, Maybe to a playoff bubble spot. Um, and uh, you said before we started recording that the Coyotes are probably going to acquire like a veteran. Uh, I would agree with that assessment, uh, but they are not going to be anywhere near what Darcy Kemper was to the franchise. Um, he really was a savior a lot of games. Yeah, and and at this point, they really shouldn't focus on that. Um, is get, get that veteran, uh, you know, that... Not too old, but you know, old like someone you can hold on to for maybe a year or two, 
while Ivan Prosvitov goes and develops a little bit more in Tucson because that is where the future is going to be, and, I, and that's how we're going to focus on that. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to. What we're going to do though is we're going to keep talking about this Coyotes rebuild and what they're doing to focus on that, including some of the signings that they did, as well as letting go of some of the players that they did to, uh, just on uh, yesterday's opening of the for, for, of the first day of free agency. Before we get to that, though, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting news, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore, guys. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up for your free account today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Carl, now let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that the Coyotes did other than the Darcy Caper trade. Yes, that was big, and it's gonna and it sets the Coyotes up for the future even more so. Um, but obviously, they had to make other moves because they let a lot of guys go. Michael Bunting, they let go. They traded Lane Peterson away, uh, as well as uh, Dryden Hunt and a few others. They are all gone. Uh, and now the Coyotes sit with them in. Mean, some of the signings that they did today, they now said at 13 forwards, four defensemen, one goalie. Yeah, so they did a lot today. They still have a lot that they need to do. Um, and they've kind of been acquiring players on all levels. Um, a lot of NHL players, but I think that we also saw um, a potential AHL signing with... Uh, um, Liam O'Brien. Yeah, um, those are some of the things that came in. Um, obviously, th- this is what Bill Armstrong is focusing on. You know, getting uh, getting those kind of people in, whether they wh- wh- whether it's help bolster the Roadrunners or help help the uh, the Coyotes roster in any way, and just to kind of fill in the roster because that's what they need at this point. They just need mm-hmm. a, they just need a complete roster. Which at this point they don't because they're still missing, uh, technically a couple goalies, as well as uh, a few defensemen, who uh, obviously there still can be moves. And we're still only, like I said, we've only passed the first day of free agency. Bill Armstrong still isn't done. No, not even a bit. Uh, I think perhaps uh, one of the bigger ones that we all knew was happening is the Coyotes officially announced the signing of Dmitry Yashkin. Yes, uh, and that's a huge. That is a huge one, uh, Dmitry Yashkin, because uh, if anyone wants to get at least a little bit of excitement out of that, is uh, he was uh, the a uh, the KHL's top scorer um, for, uh, and that's I mean that's a good ad. And obviously you're like, oh wait, rebuilding, bringing in some guy who's the top scorer. I mean, like, bring in some kind of excitement. You want to, you still want to put 
uh, butts and seats, right? Yeah, you still want butts and seats. Um, you still want like anyone who's like on the team to to have a chance of winning games. Uh, you still need someone to score and make sure that the people who are younger uh, know scoring, pick up some good habits. Uh, and as many of people have pointed out, um, it could potentially be like a nice uh, trade deadline trade. Um, you know, team that's looking to stack up for a cup run. Maybe the Colorado Avalanche again. Uh, just m- nice way to get another asset um, if everything goes right. Yeah, and that's and you know that's I think that, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that too because it's, he's only on a one year, um, which kind of makes sense. It kind of sets things up in that way. Uh, I will say he is on a uh, modified no trade clause, so. Uh, so Yashkin can have uh, 10 teams he can tell the Coyotes he will absolutely not go to. Um, and I'm sure those 10 teams probably would all be non-playoff teams. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, potentially like one delusional bubble team who thinks they're, they're going to go for it uh, that falls apart. We always see a team that doesn't accept reality towards the the trade deadline. Occasionally, it's us. Uh, and I could see him wanting to be like, no, I don't want to go there. But give him some control over his destiny. You're right. Anyone who's looking for him probably isn't going to be on that list unless he really doesn't like a coach or a GM or someone else on the ice. Very true. Uh, a couple of the other signings to... Uh of note is uh the in uh the winger ryan dezingle uh who is who played for uh ottawa most recently uh and that that i figured was an interesting one just one year one million uh or 1.1 million uh which it's just like yeah again to add depth because just to fill in this roster nothing it, does, it doesn't hurt anything because t- the Coyotes are definitely not going to be a cap team. That's for yeah. sure. They no. they, they're right now at at this at this recording with the roster that they have. Like I said, all like all they're missing is a couple defensemen and goalies, and they are at sixty six point three million or projected cap hit because of uh, their dead cap and retained salary and buyouts are at sixty nine point seven million. Which is uh, what eleven million under the, the cap? Yeah, eleven point seven million of cap space. Like, yeah, they are. Uh, they are not going to be a cap team anytime soon. Uh, just looking at this roster and seeing who's going to be getting resigned, uh, it's not even going to be close. Someone um, pointed out too. It's amazing. That uh, if you look at it, because just because of the way they set up the roster and the way uh, Bill Armstrong is w- giving out the contracts and doing this, they only have uh, just under thirty-one million dollars in contracts set for next year. Yeah, it is just insane. I'm on cap friendly right now, and it's UFA, UFA, uh, Schmaltz, Dvorak. UFA, 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 RFA, UFA, UFA. It's ridiculous. Um, I do think that uh, I I do give Cheka a little bit of credit in that the team is not 
overly burdened with contracts. Um, they got rid of OELs, which was like a big one, but like everything else, like they're kind of set up to just be, you know, these guys aren't going to be hanging around for too long. Um, and in the case of some players like Andrew Ladd, like we're not even sure if he's going to play yet. Yeah, that's that. That's the only question. I think the I think out of the recent trades that they did in the last couple of weeks, the only one that's the question mark of if they're actually going to play is Andrew Ladd, because we know Roussel and Beagle and uh, Gossa Spear and Erickson, they're going to play. They just are overpaid, yeah. and they're actually decent players, but they're just overpaid. Yeah, it is a very interesting dynamic, and a. Uh a different way than we've seen the coyotes weaponize their cap um, in compared to like the previous regime where we were getting like players like um, Marion Hosa. Hosa. Yeah. Uh, Marion Hosa. Um, I'm trying to, why am I blanking on? Uh, there were some big, yeah, there were some big ones out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and one of them, I got. Why am I blanking on his name? Um, also fr- from from Detroit, uh, Pavel Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk, which was the which was the trade and the of dead cap that ended up getting Arizona Jacob Chikrin. But yes, those helped. But this, but at the same time, as kind of like probably what you were getting to, is that those are players that were never going to play a game ever again, and were literally just to help the Coyotes get to the cap floor, um, and just to use again use cap space as an asset for those picks and for whatever. But it's, it's interesting because now it's just it's like we'll just take your overpaid players because if they can play, and that's all that matters to us, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, like, um, maybe less so for, for Jay Beagle, um, but Shane Gustisbear is just, like, an exciting kind of player to watch. Like, I would just be, like, if he does well here, I could see him just, you know, getting a contract that's reasonable and him wanting to stick around. Because he uh, can and- very well have a rebound season, and if he finds that, that change of scenery being in Arizona is better for his career then yeah that's huge yeah especially if the team ends up like staying on the up and up like why would he not want to stick around and we have seen players who are willing to be like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little bit less money to play for a winning team and potentially like he's in the right timeline where he could maybe be in that role um it's just an interesting player that we got in addition to getting a pick and it's not something that we would have seen with John Chaka because he didn't make those types of trades. I don't think anyone has made these types of trades before. No, it's and and actually, you know what? Well, let's, let's, uh, let me finish this thought as, as, uh, as we finish up this podcast, I'm, I just want to move on to the next, as we segue to the next segment, per se. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind everyone that here in Arizona, summer is breakdown season, and nothing hap- nothing is, ha- is worse than being stranded on the road in like 110 degree weather, or in a crazy monsoon, and having to wait for a repair part for your car, maybe get it overcharged for it, because you didn't expect it to happen at that time. And you know, it's just going to complete mess. There's a better way. 
It's called rockauto.com. An online, just an online catalog that you can easily access yourself to f- and find parts that fit your car on significantly better prices. Let me give you an example. I just needed an, recently a new air filter for my Mustang. I checked, I checked rockauto.com to compare with the local chain store right around my house. The, the air filter at Rock Auto cost me only $10, and at the same filter at the chain store was $24. I mean, come on, it's a no-brainer. Rock Auto is the absolute best place to go. So go ahead and check it out yourself. Go to rockauto.com and fill out your car or truck information. See what fits your car and maybe get something before a breakdown happens. Because, again, you don't want to be stuck on the road when it's super hot outside. Of course, while you're there, go ahead and uh, write Locked On and their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, Carl, let's go ahead and finish up as what we were saying. Um, So... Yeah, so the the, the coyotes are, it's going to be interesting because like like we were saying before, we've never seen these kind of trades before, and the NHL apparently like so, like I was actually listening to one of our sister podcasts, Locked On Sharks, and one of their reporters was actually saying that the NHL like the other teams are pretty upset at the coyotes at Bill Armstrong for making these trades because quote undercutting the market. And I'm I'm just laughing over uh, over on the side. I'm just like, I mean, the Coyotes are just taking advantage <laughs> at this point um, because, like, they are focused on just for themselves for the rebuild and and with value of high of some players. I mean, why not? Why not take that deal um, and use cap space as an asset again because it's it works. It's, I mean, at least to set things up, obviously, we don't know how it's going to look two or three years from now, but I hope we're hoping this plan for Bill Armstrong falls into place, but I mean, like, why not take advantage of it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be that he is being very, like, brazen about it. Like, I don't know, because I do think, like, in the official, like, write-up, it says that a lot of the trades were like nothing's going back like officially it's future considerations and they would always put that or like a conditional seventh round pick just something to like make it seem like you're playing the game um and he's just absolutely not doing that he's like no no our messages were sending back nothing we are taking uh and, and that it, it sends a message of, to the league and it's it's not just that not just we are taking it is it is uh it's that it will that it is this that way, but at the same time, to the way probably Bill Armstrong is saying, it's like, hey, we are doing you a favor. We are taking this contract off your hands. Yeah, all you need to do is give us a second round pick. Yeah, just need a little bit of compensation. Uh, he needs to get his beak wet, as we would say if this was like a mob movie. Uh, it's it's really interesting. I I am I'm kind of curious like how annoyed people actually are because you could definitely just be annoyed by something or you could be if you're an NHL GM we need to change the rules to make this not happen again because that is something that we have seen before when teams are doing something that's a little bit too out there and they're like no never again 
Like, and it's, I think it depends on the perspective that you want to go. There's a lot of people, I think a lot of people who are hosts of my sister podcast all across the Lockdown Podcast Network in our group chats, they're like, geez, Arizona is killing it this off season. Yeah. While others are just like, what are they doing? Like they're, <laughs> do, they're, they're going back to their old selves and, and cap spaces and asset again and all that stuff. And like, it's like, when are we going to stop making jokes about them? I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. What What did you want us to do? I think everyone, like, no one actually thought that the Coyotes were respectable. Um, they were more respectable, I think, in a lot of people's eyes. But uh, when you are losing, it doesn't matter if you're doing things the right way. Um in general, I have found that people are always going to complain about the Coyotes. It doesn't matter if we're spending money or if we're not spending money. Someone is going to complain because it's sports, and someone is always going to complain. And that's just how, and that that's how it goes in sports, you know, just because that's that's how it is. And it's what's interesting about all of this is, like I mentioned before, is Bill Armstrong still isn't done. As we prob- as most of you probably well know, two big names are still on the block for Arizona in Phil Kessel and Christian Dvorak. They are still potentially going to be moved and could probably and could even be moved by the time you're listening to this show. Obviously, that would be absolutely crazy if both of them are moved by the time you're listening to this. But I don't put anything past Belongstrong at this point. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Um, Kessel, I think, is absolutely going to be moved. I would, I I wouldn't mind if the team kept Dvorak, um, but at this point, Chikrin is the only one oh. who's not going to be traded. Oh, the only untouchable, Jacob Chikrin. I think that was pretty much well said across the entire board from everybody. Is like, come on, why? Like, he is the face of the franchise right now, like. Based off how he played, and people were like, "Well, what about Connor Garland?" I'm like, "Carland was a pending restricted free agent. He was gonna get paid, and uh, his value was super high. People wanted him, and it the Coyotes were able to package him into a deal alongside Oliver Ekman-Lushin for the ninth overall pick. Like that trade made sense. Yeah, and it is definitely like, yeah." Garland was at his absolute peak in value, I think. I don't think Chikrin is at his peak in value. Just he's still young. They, he's still young. He's younger than Garland. They he's on a contract, whereas Garland, like a big part of that kind of appeal of an asset is like you can negotiate the contract. You can do whatever you want. Um Chikrin, I think his peak value is going to be in the last year of his contract when it seems like, you know, you're signing him as a rental and then you're getting him as, um, no, he's going to be a UFA. Uh, but still, you own his rights for a bit. Um, hopefully we don't even think about doing that when he is in the last year of his contract. But it's just a very different situation between Garland and Chikrin. And that's why Chikrin is uh, been tagged as the face of the franchise, the face of the future of the Coyotes, because 
I mean, again, yeah, look at that. Look at his age. Look at his talent level. He's only going to get better. And defensemen do tend to peak later in life than forwards. And if he's this good as a defenseman at 23, yeah, come on. Let's let's be real here. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how, how this all goes down. And I think the coolest thing about the Coyotes, uh, I put it this way too, Carl, is the Coyotes going through the rebuild at this point in time in in the uh, in the NHL is everyone else is suffering the the uh, the curse of the flat cap this year and next year. The Coyotes are definitely not going to have that problem because, like we said, they're not even going to touch the salary cap. And then in a few years from now. You know, when they start coming back up, they bring the you know these future players back up, and contracts become due. They can start paying more because the salary cap is probably going to go up much higher in the few, much few, in the years following. Yeah, and it definitely like they're in a very advantageous position for the future of the salary cap. Uh, I will say, like, it is important to keep in mind that something can always happen as we just learned um, last year. Um, no one was expecting there to be flat salary caps. Um, and when you have this much opportunity, uh, sometimes you can get stupid and mess things up. And I just hope that Bill Armstrong knows what he's doing. Like he is in the ideal situation to just make a team in his image in a way that, few people i think get and he has a chance to truly like show the world what his vision of the arizona coyotes is and that's 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 the key here because um this is now his team like the like the ghosts of john chica's team is right now we have clayton keller christian dvorak nick schmaltz um jacob chikrin that's and those are those are the Cheka contracts. Yeah. And um, then there's there is the Cheka prospects. You got Victor Soderstrom, Yamiat Jan Yannick, uh, and Barrett Hayton. Yes, true. And also Liam Kirk. And Liam um, Kirk. Um, Who, Liam Kirk is pretty promising. Uh, he's I'm excited to see him in Tucson next year. Yeah. He had a great world, uh, signed for three years. Um it was funny because I remember that time, like he had such a good tournament and like, I don't know if there was like rumors of he was getting shopped or if it was just the fact that he didn't have a contract, but people were kind of freaking out about it. Uh, it's great that the team was able to get him signed to three. Yeah, it was, it was huge that they were able to get a sign. I think the thing about that was because he was not under contract yet, he was, uh, the Coyotes allowed him to talk to other teams and eventually the Coyotes could trade his rights to, because he, I think they still had one more year of Liam Kirk draft rights before they had to, they had to sign to a deal, and that's and that's where all that went down. And because right, he, yeah. he because he was not under contract yet, everything went down. And then late June, late June, like oh, we agreed the terms, but of course we can't sign anything yet, can't be put into ink until July twenty eighth, because that's how free agency works. Yeah, yeah, that that was it. Yeah, it it was. Uh... I mean, especially with nothing else going on, it was the story for a time, which is kind of funny to think about how much has happened since then. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, like for the Coyotes, what, new coach plus 
everything that's happened in just the last uh, uh, 10 days. Yeah. I mean, let's just say this. If you bought a, like, Coyotes jersey uh, in a while and it wasn't for the big four, then I'm sorry because that name is probably out of date or is going to be very soon. Yeah, I think everyone. I think everyone probably has has at least one player who's probably uh, gone or going to be gone by the end of this week. Yeah, just uh, just everyone who got Chikrin and bought in early on that. Kudos to you. That's a great market investment. You got gold. That might be my next jersey, the Chikrin jersey. Chikrin jersey would be nice. Um, I don't know. It, I, I do plan on getting a jersey again this year. Uh, I'll probably get uh, an on-sale OEL jersey. Maybe I'll get a, uh, a Liam Kirk Roadrunners jersey. Oh, I want one. Oh, a Kachina Liam Kirk Roadrunners jersey. Yes, absolutely. I will take it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll try and come down. Maybe, Maybe I can get one of those. If I can find it, yeah. you know their 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 team store is pretty limited, but it'd be it's okay. Um, because I, I know Kirk has like a lot of buzz on like Coyotes hockey Twitter. Um, that's true. I, so maybe I'm a, yeah, they'd probably have something. Yeah, I could see him potentially being a name to market. Um, he had a phenomenal world. Like that is one of the things that you can start marketing around. True. Uh, a couple other things uh, to note is the uh, well, we're, I think as we mentioned before that the Coyotes still need a goalie, maybe two. Uh, well, let's just say one, just because Prospetov can probably come up and be that quote third if ever need. Uh, but right now, the only goaltender they have under contract is Carter Hutton, who they just signed to a, a one-year, thirty-five-plus contract. Um, just, uh, yeah, just earlier on, on a Wednesday, just because, uh, well, that's, they needed the goalie. They knew it was going to happen. Uh, this was before the Kemper trade and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Kemper and Hutton. I'm like, no, it's going to be Hutton and somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just hope it's not Yosef. Uh, you know, it's, I, well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I doubt, uh, Kozier Nosh is going to get called up for that like that's not like no uh, that'd be a very interesting and, move. Uh, and i'll tell you this and and uh, to give people a an idea is from what i'm hearing is you know based off of there was that you know a press conference yesterday bill armstrong was pretty much saying that we are uh, we are the last uh last man standing in the the goalie frenzy is what they call it because goalies are all over the place this year they are yeah. like they are they, they are you know being spread around like crazy, uh, and Coyote is probably still going to look into the market and because last man last man standing because they well I mean they got Hutton but they still need more. What about um this uh, seems like forever ago but it just happened in May. Uh, we signed uh, Carol. Uh, Veg Melka, I'm so sorry. The uh, Czech goaltender, potentially. Uh, I think 
Uh, so that's four goalies in the minors. I'm assuming we're going to see uh, see the the one you just mentioned plus ten deck probably in. Uh, I think who is it now? Fort Wayne deck or is it Rapid City? Rapid City. Yeah. Uh, it's um, Vemelka. 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 So Vemelka and Tendek in Rapid City. Yeah. And uh, Prosvatov and Kozhenosh, Kozhenosh in, um, in Tucson. Um, that's very much likely what it's going to end up being. So they still need uh, a second goaltender in yeah. Glendale. Which, I mean, I'm sure that they could find someone... Hey, and knowing goaltenders potentially overpaid uh, for two more years, and we could just ride that train again. The, there was a joke, and obviously this was happened before the free agency started, and uh, <laughs> you should have seen the response. This a couple of the responses I got on that is, uh, "Hey, why don't the Coyotes go after Martin Jones? He'll definitely help them get uh, get Shane Wright." <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm glad we didn't do that. At least uh, it can't be too blade your tank attempts. Uh, now he's the backup in Philly. So go. Philly. That's another team that's doing. That's another team that's doing some interesting moves. Philadelphia. Yeah, there, there's a few teams that are treating free agency very differently, um, and though they're really fun to kind of watch. Because I'm not sure, like teams like Coyotes, teams like the the Flyers, like how it's going to work out, and what I always t- kind of see happening in NHL is like there's three teams that are trying to do something, and it kind of works out well for two of them, and it just massively blows up in the face of the third, and I just uh, I'm kind of curious to see who's going to have it blow up in their face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll give you a uh an opportunity here obviously it's hard to gauge just because of uh obviously it's only the first the first day of free agency plus uh the moves were rebuild focused but why don't you go ahead and give a quote grade and i put quote grade because obviously there's you could take it in whatever perspective you want to of how the coyote is treated today I think the Coyotes treated today, uh, the first day of free agency, extremely well. They did everything that they needed to do, and they did it, like, well. The The day was always going to be, like, heavily weighted with the Kemper trade, which, again, at a certain point, it was inevitable. Um, and the Coyotes got a better return for him than I would have expected. So I would say it is a A day for the Coyotes. Just an A, I do grade, plus minus, and it could have theoretically been an S, but we're going to stick with an A. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm personally going to say around, like, um, yeah, I'll say around an A too, mainly because, uh, again, I kind of think it does center around that Kemper trade and how they treated that. Um, I think that Bill Armstrong was incredibly smart to kind of going back to what we were saying in the beginning on holding the, holding his cards close and, and uh, waiting for the right time to get the highest value for Darcy Kemper. 
and uh, you know, figuring out that the time right after Philip Grubauer signed the contract to Seattle instead of Colorado, it's like, oh, his value is all the way up here now. Um, yeah. And he's like, yep, now's the time. And then obviously that's what helped yield back a first round draft pick. Um, but the, the the Coyotes lost all of their goaltenders, um, and they got so much back for them. They, okay, uh, they, they had uh, so obviously Ranta signed with Carolina, but there are two goaltenders they traded away in Kemper and Hill. They got a 2022 first round draft pick, which is probably going to be could be late because Colorado is a pretty good team, and a uh, 2022 second round draft pick for Hill. For the, from the Sharks, which are not a great team, and that can be a pretty high pick in, in for the second round. So we're like, that's this is good. Yeah, and, and it is kind of like any other season, these would be seen as like horrible things because the team is objectively worse. But this is one of the few times where you're like, the goal is to make things worse. So they did the best job at making the team worse, which is always... Kind of a funny aspect of rebuild that uh, you really have to embrace the cognitive dissonance to to be a hockey fan. Sometimes you're like, "Well, it's good that we're bad." Yeah, we really have to buy in to the idea of the short term pain for long term success. Um, everyone, people might might hate those ter- hate that phrase because you want to be you want to be a fan of a good team. I get it. I mean. I, I was a fan, and I was not never afraid to say it. I was a fan of a team that never missed the playoffs during my, you know, most of my childhood. Like, and I was spoiled. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is like, you know, sometimes, you know, obviously you have to go through this period. And uh, my childhood team also going through that kind of period too. So interesting at the tapping at the same time. I have always been uh, only a Coyotes fan, uh, so I'm just always used to this. Like, we had one good season, and we still talk about it, uh, which is great for me. Uh, I get to relive those memories uh, all the time, but now it's just constant uh, constant this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be a Coyotes fan. <laughs> I, I'm, actually, I'm actually really excited. Uh, the... I I do not mind rebuilding as much as other people, um, mostly because my investment in the team is not the same as it is for other people. And I'm also able to watch games for other things, uh, which a lot of people do. Like a lot of people who are just fans, they get to watch games and be like, I'm watching for this player or I'm watching for this. There are very few people who are casual fans i think who are like i'm watching for the future it's it's a very depressing thing to watch but it's so much easier if you take a kind of bigger investment in the team i think the ones that will understand the future are those who who are uh who love to watch ahl hockey and those who are down here in tucson obviously you know tucson fans yes you just lost lane peterson Michael Bunting, uh, Tyler Steenberg, and a few other fan favorites just in just a matter of 10 days. But this is how that's how the AHL works. And development is the case. But now you guys get to see new guys and Liam Kirk, 
um, as one as you know, one of the big ones. Um, Boku Mama is going to be uh, a huge addition in his physicality. You guys are going to have some fun. Uh, the the Roadrunner fandom, I think, is going to be a lot more like a roller coaster because you're going to be better. Uh, you'll probably have a better team than the Coyotes at certain stretches. Um, and then all of your players are going to be taken from you. And it will be very interesting. The The mindset of a minor league fan is always very fascinating for me as someone who... I, I have a minor league team that I pay attention to, but they're the prospect team or they're the development team for my actual fan base. I have some Roadrunner stuff. I have a lot more Coyote stuff. So it's easy for me to see the Coyotes take someone from the Roadrunners. Uh, I'm always kind of curious to people were like yeah we like that guy that's how that's that's how it goes here in in the hockey world but uh that's just about it for uh for us today guys i uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode hope you guys are also looking forward to the rebuild i know that sounds weird to say but you know it is going to be a, a wild ride for the arizona coyotes and you're going to want to to stay locked in all season long for for here on locked on coyotes uh we will be uh, talking prospects all, all all next season long as we move into the next phase of the show, as well as a bunch of other bunch of other things that you definitely will want to hear as this Coyotes team moves through the rebuild. If you enjoyed what you heard, don't forget to leave a review. If you uh, are listening through Apple Podcasts, and if not, just find us and subscribe. We are available anywhere you get your podcast, including Spotify, Google, as well as the all-new Odyssey app. Interact with us on social media. I am personally at your one and at LO underscore Coyotes. That is the podcast. You can ask us a question, and we can answer them on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Or we'll, we can just interact with you live uh, as as it goes. That's how, again, we love, we love interaction. But again, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Howl on.